everyone. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grow Up. On today's episode, it is my pleasure and honor to welcome my guest, Tim Joe. Hey, Tim, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I am great. Um, thank you so much for your time. Um, I just, I feel like, I feel like you don't need much introduction, but in case there's somebody living under a rock, um, <laughs> we should introduce you. Um, Tim is an actor. Um, for me, I've actually seen you on a few things. Um, Pitch, there's a show called Pitch. It was on Fox and mm -hmm. I loved it and was so disappointed when it was canceled. Um, and I was like, on, I'm, I'm not even making it up, Tim. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I wonder what happened to that actor. Cause like, I, cause like <laughs> you were a Korean, I could, you could tell, I was like, he's a Korean yeah. guy. And yeah, he you made could it, tell. Yeah, yeah. And he made it on this show and he was, you were so good. I was like, oh, I wonder what happened to him. And you know, just kind of life goes on, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And then um, I'm watching my new favorite show, This Is Us. Mm -hmm. And there you are. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I turned to my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a show called Pitch. And he was on it. And now he's here. That's so crazy. And now Wait, I'm like. did you know it was me? Yes, I knew I looked, it was you. So I looked very different though. Because like if Pitch, I think I'd put on a lot of like weight. Because I uh -huh, wanted to look uh -huh. a little bit thicker, bigger. My hair was short. And then okay. for This Is Us, I'd lost a lot of weight. So maybe. But then like. Your face is very distinct and it was familiar. And the only thing I could recall was that show. Okay. And then, so I did Google it just to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but yeah. Uh -huh. And then um, now here you are in front of me. And again, super thankful and just grateful to hear uh, about your life and story today. So thank you again. No, thank you so much for those kind words. Uh, sometimes when you're, you know, struggling through a career like this you're, you're living in this little bubble so um especially in LA mm. um you just don't know if anyone's watching any of the the work you're putting out so anytime someone says they've watched even if it's this is us and they're you know appreciated that that really means uh so much man I don't even know what to say to that because I'm like are you are you for real like <laughs> because like do people yeah. really think that like oh like they watch my stuff yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. Definitely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to like kind of hear about your journey because I, 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 I know that it is an industry that is like so difficult to break through and um, you have made some strides. Um, but so, Tim, what what? OK, what is an actor? Let's just start there for someone that like doesn't, <laughs> doesn't right. know like how to put words to it. How would you put words to it? You know, I would say an actor is, uh, they're almost like uh, um, like an anthropologist in a way. Uh, mm. They study humans. Uh, we study human relationships, human emotions, uh, and we express it through stories. And so an actor is just one of those weird creatures that feels uh the need to to use their body to express uh energy and love through storytelling i love that um so when did you decide you were going to be an actor um you know i grew up 
extremely introverted. I am an introvert, but uh, I was more on the extreme side of, of introversion. My, my older sister is an extrovert and she was a, uh, the best older sister you could ever ask for. So mm-hmm. whenever I was around her, I was so comfortable being in her shadow because uh, she took care of me, she spoke for me, everything. Um, so I never had the need to, to be seen. I never had that desire. But around eighth grade, um, my friends and I were skateboarding around the school. And we saw that the school musicals were having auditions. The, the musical was having an audition, the annual musical. And I just wanted to make them laugh. And so we crashed the, uh, the audition. And we auditioned as a joke. And I just was just trying to make my friends laugh. And in that process, I uh, after that, I ended up getting cast as one of the lead roles in the musical. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I remember I did the whole thing. We went through the whole process, did the play. I mean, did the musical. And it was after my first performance, my dad came up to me. And, you know, I'm like this rebellious skateboarding kid. And he's like, Tim you were so specific with your movements and, and, and your, your dialogue was just so realistic and you're so specific. And I just remember thinking, I have never heard my dad ever compliment anything I've ever done. Because wow. um, he was a, like a, a math Mensa genius and I was failing my math mm. classes. So for, for me to hear him um, compliment me on something uh, I, I took those compliments and tucked it away in my pocket. And then when I was in college, uh, studying computer, failing my computer science class, and then trying to do P or whatever, advertise, whatever it was, just failing all these classes, I was like, why don't I try an acting class? My dad said I was good at that. So then um, that's how naive it was. And that's when uh, the acting teacher, you always, I don't think I I was not a good actor, to be very honest. And it's not being humble. It's just, I wasn't, I just loved it. But every now and then you'll have these people in your life that give you the encouragement you need at the time you needed it. Yeah. And this acting teacher said, I think you should take the next semester's class. I think you have something special. And uh, that encouragement plus my dad's encouragement, uh, uh, I was like, I'm going to be an actor. And I'm I'm still in contact with that teacher, actually. I just had, uh, she visited LA a few months ago and I had lunch with her and got to introduce it to my wife and everything. How amazing is that? I love when things come around full circle like that. Um, Yeah. You know, sorry. So when you were in high, where did you grow up then? I grew up, well, I was born in Dallas, Texas. Uh And I grew up in Mesquite, Texas. Okay. And then Plano, Texas. And then we moved to Houston and then we moved to Europe. So we moved to Warsaw, Poland for two years what? and then we moved back to Houston and then moved to Aurora, Colorado. And then I went to San Antonio for college and then I moved out to LA. Oh, wow. So mo- a lot of your life was in Texas then. Yeah, all in Texas, but a lot of moving. Yeah. How is that for you? Is that difficult as a child? Uh, I think I always loved um i had a fascination with transforming myself from forever uh if you could see what my hairstyle or what my clothing looked like 
in my youth, it Mm -hmm. almost changed every year, starting Mm -hmm. from like eighth grade all the way to even now. Every year, I just like to shed my skin and do something else different. Like, I'm sure you didn't expect me to have this weird mop top of hair. (laughs) Um, But I just I just love changing my skin constantly. And I think that probably started from all the moves we did. And every time I, I moved, I got to reset who I was and how I was perceived. And I always just had a little bit of fun. It was always fun for me to, to, to get to do that. No, that's super interesting because like I've the only, I don't like change, honestly. And uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. the one big change that I did was from, you know, high school to college. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and then I moved to Irvine. Uh, for a couple years in co- for college, and um, it was there that I realized I could do that. Like, oh, no one knows me here. Like, I could just reset everything, and it was really like refreshing. Yeah. And even like freeing. I didn't change. I didn't change, but just the thought of that I could was really um, mm-hmm. kind of a turning point, honestly, for me. <laughs> but. Um, that's interesting that you say that. So like you feel yeah. like um, with each, so you actually took the move as kind of like something positive, like a perspective was shifted. Cause I feel like a lot of kids that I hear move around, it's common for them to like, mm-hmm. like hate it, you know, like they hated mm-hmm. moving to different places. They wanted to stay in one spot. Um, but it seems like you were okay with it. Yeah, I think it must have, you know, maybe it was my survival technique. Because mm. um, I think I did grow up being an Asian American in an extreme minority in mm. every, you know, including Warsaw, Poland. Every right. city I moved to, I was not just a minority, but, you know, one of the, you know, you could count the number on one hand how many Asians there were in that community. Um so it was probably self-preservation, like a survival technique. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I did grow up with a healthy dose of self-hatred and feeling invisible. So maybe mm-hmm. it was my own way of being seen without mm-hmm. uh, needing to use my voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really self-aware, Tim. That's amazing. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, a th- a question that comes to mind as you were talking was, you know, you said that you, in a lot of areas that you moved to growing up, um, you you were the minority um, mm-hmm. and you kind of had to, I don't know, probably adapt in some way. Um, you know, being an actor in the United States and having and being an Asian actor, um, I know that like there aren't a lot of leading roles for Asians, or at least that's that's the that's what I'm made to believe as I watch things, and also mm-hmm. even just what the media and social media portrays to me. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like the way you were raised helped you in um, breaking through, or like kind of just? I don't know. I don't know the right words. I'm so sorry. Like fighting your way to get where you want to be today. Yeah, absolutely. I think growing up the way I did uh, gave me the foundation uh, in which I I could build my career of basically why 
why would I suffer through a career that every door was closed and I never saw mm. uh, an example of any opportunities? Why would I, why would I go through that? And I think it was the growing up invisible, uh, mm. desiring to um, see myself on screen or to help other people feel um, accepted by seeing people like themselves on screen. And that was so important to me that uh, I don't think I had the luxury of becoming an of being an actor that says I just did it for the art because I want to be a storyteller. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, for me, it was really uh, probably birthed in the fact that I wanted to feel belonging in this country, mm -hmm. and I wanted to feel belonging in my communities. Um, yeah. And that was a probably one of the strongest uh, factors in what in what kept me pushing pushing through and having hope that uh there that i could make space in this industry for myself yeah. and people like me to fit in yeah for sure so with that being said like um i'm really curious um about just even the process of what mm -hmm. happens to like get on a show or like audition and things like that. So after you graduate college, oh, so I'm assuming, did you change your major or? I did. Okay. Uh, last, <laughs> I mean, by the time I graduated, my dad was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I've taken every single acting class on top of, I took communications as like the, I, I got a degree, mm -hmm. but that I also took every single acting class there is out there. So, um, I, I had a double major in, in drama and communications. Oh, wow. And, you know, my story, I, I cut out so much of the story already because I was a child model as well. Oh, which, my gosh. Let's go back. Let's which go makes back. that so weird. It, it, puts, it makes the story so weird, you know. Why? Why yeah. is it weird? Well, it's just like, it, it's such a random, I was a child model for maybe about 12 years. And because it turns out, Dallas, Texas was the hub of print modeling and commercials. Okay. So at the time, growing up in the Dallas area, um, if you look at any JC Penny or Dillard's catalog from like the late 80s to early 90s, uh -huh. if there's an Asian kid in there, that's as me. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have how do I yeah. find those? <laughs> just you can probably just Google like a 1992 JC Penny catalog and just flip through it if there's like a uh, on online and if you see an Asian kid that's a high possibility that's me that and if it's so an Asian girl it's probably my sister your sister <laughs> yeah so like how did you guys even get started in that I think my mom had heard like a friend of hers was doing it and then uh my parents just naively sent us to do it and then us being the only Asian kids in the market uh we worked constantly because no one looked like us that's so. okay okay I like what was that like as a child like what do you what do you do you show up and they're like okay like take some pictures I hated it oh, I no. hated it imagine your child your five-year-old right now can you have them go to a location take them out of school uh with a doctor's note two times a week minimum have them go to a location put on a some clothes take pictures without moving and just holding a smile for you know and then 
changing clothes, changing clothes, changing clothes. And I do that for like four hours, you know, I guess two times a week, awful. every week. You know what's, but you know, yeah. I've considered it. I'm like, uh, I'm like oh yeah, my kids very, are cute. <laughs> if you have a very docile child uh-huh. and a very obedient child, <laughs> like, like, my, like so quiet and so obedient, mm-hmm. like, like I was, mm-hmm. then you've got yourself a, a perfect model. So like, <laughs> Did did you guys make a lot of money being child? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know I did like some commercials and stuff too. I think my biggest commercial was like a Chuck E. Cheese commercial. Whoa, that's a big deal. Yeah. In the nineties, yeah. that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was playing the violin and stuff like. That. I I've even met someone in Poland. I was telling them this story, and they're like, "Wait, you were the violin kid in that Chuck E. Cheese commercial?" That I was like, "Yeah." Hilarious. He's like, "I hated you because I played violin and you were so bad." <laughs> in poland they they yeah oh my gosh that's well no so I, I just met a kid that was from the states oh, okay okay okay, okay that had but, seen the commercial when he was living in the states which is super crazy but that's so funny yeah. okay so um you did all of that so it wasn't unusual for you like you're familiar with like being in front of a camera i guess well for me it was uh it was like doing piano lessons it was like going to school, going to church, going modeling was I was so obedient that I thought everyone did it. How I thought everyone interesting. Doing it. So it was just something I did, something I hated. And then when I started getting teased at school about it is when, you know, I think it was in fourth grade that I asked my dad, like where I confronted my parents saying, Nobody else does this. <laughs> like I was so betrayed. And then they said, oh, well, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. And I was like, I don't want to do it. This is the worst. And they said, well, do you want to try acting? I was like, you have to talk and acting. That's even worse. Are you kidding? <laughs> never, never. And then I actually clammed up. Like, if I was like an introvert, I totally became an extreme introvert after that. And I, I think I avoided cameras all the way up until I was like 22 or something. Holy smokes. So you were scarred almost from this experience. Mm-hmm. And I then... still don't like still cameras. Oh, oh, interesting. That is so fascinating. I wouldn't say it's because of modeling, uh-huh. but it's probably because of modeling. I just very uncomfortable. No, man, it's like deep photo. trauma in your life. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, okay. So you did all of that and then you went to college and or lived your life and went to college. And then... Uh-huh. Um, you do you I double major for an MFA program? Yeah, wait, wait, say that and then again? I told my dad, I told my dad, I'm going to continue my education. Uh-huh. I was going to go get my MFA. Okay. And then I went to this thing where you auditioned for 14 schools. And then I got into a, I got into a couple MFA programs. I Sorry, chose what's school, MFA? Uh, Masters of Fine Arts. Oh, okay, thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. So yeah, I flew to San Francisco and I auditioned for all these schools. And then I think three of them, said they would like me to attend their school Uh I chose one of them and then like two months before the school uh before this this the school season when the semester began Uh um they they emailed me saying they changed their mind which was so messed up can they do that (laughs) well they did oh my god they did and uh that took me down like a spiral of like I had this plan, safety plan of extending my acting life, but sure. without w- without really having to make any hard decisions. 
just asking my parents to like send me to you know graduate school yeah 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 okay so yeah. i mean what did you do then wait first of all yeah. so it's um so that was your plan right like you just told me mm-hmm. to go get your master's but is that necessary like like no. i know okay no okay i just wanted to study more okay okay and i, I just wanted to prolong the eventual la move okay gotcha yeah. um so did you go to a different program uh no so then how can i tell this quick uh you can tell it long was, it's fine <laughs> well i was always a very uh obedient kid didn't uh-huh. party much i have a little sister who's 11 years younger than me okay so i, I became a daddy mm. brother very early so i was always uh, cognizant of being a good example mm-hmm. and she was also my best friend so you know I dropped out my friends and I just loved playing with my sister all the time oh so gosh. I didn't really have a crazy like nightlife or party life or anything like that and even throughout college I was just the average partying college kid had a good time but I didn't do anything really bad um, but after I got rejected from grad school I did party a lot I think weekend after weekend after weekend, I was just going out with my friends because I was like, I I just got rejected from grad school. I don't know how to tell my parents. Or, you know, I just don't even know what mm-hmm. I'm going to tell my parents about this plan I had for my acting career. Mm-hmm. And uh, in very dramatic fashion, it was Easter weekend. And my parents, my mom said, can you please not go out this weekend? And I'm like, we already made plans. I'm going to go. She's like, but it's Good Friday. I'm like, I'll be back home later tonight. You know, I'm gonna go. And then that night we ended up um just in an altercation and I and we got jumped. And then uh I got a baseball bat to the head and I got my head split open. Um and my friend did too. Um oh, my goodness. And then uh, you know, after that became like a whole thing of like detectives were calling saying we found the guys do you can you come testify can you come to like a a a lineup and all that kind of stuff was happening and that was the moment when my mom was like uh I know I I know you're going through a lot right now and if you want to move to LA to to pursue acting I I I think you should go now and oh my gosh. with that blessing, uh, I reached out to a, a person that directed one of our plays in college. Mm-hmm. I emailed him because he had an acting school out in L.A. And he said, if you ever come out to L.A., check out my school. So I emailed him, uh, auditioned for a school and then moved out to L.A. a couple months later. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you were pretty. Your mom felt. That you were at a place where you needed some encouragement and is why you feel like if you didn't have her blessing, you wouldn't have gone. I wouldn't have had the, uh, the courage. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you and I just... don't think God was like teaching me a, a lesson, mm-hmm. but I think he was just showing, he was lighting the way, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, can I ask like, I mean, I guess for me, it would be obvious, like, why it would be scary. But can I ask specifically, like, um, were you just scared of rejection or failure or just the unknown or? Uh, One thing is, like, it's like saying I'm going to go to Vegas and win the World Series of Poker. But 
Where's Vegas? Where do I play it? What is poker? How do I buy in? And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's this is a great example. I, had, I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> I had no idea the first step towards becoming an actor. Mm. Okay, so what is the first step <laughs> towards becoming an actor? I mean, my first step was to be in that school um, and to just uh, study, study, study. Mm. Um, but again, my, my story has been so... It's, I've been so blessed and so lucky. Mm -hmm. um, and like everybody who's a, a working actor, they they have such, everybody has such an incredible story. But mine, you know, I moved out to LA and I told my mom, I've read in books and I've heard from people saying that it takes 10 years for you to get on to, like to see yourself on television. It takes 10 years of a, of a grind. And uh, like, oh my, like, I just, can you give me your support for 10 years? Mm -hmm. And I promise I'm going to get on a commercial or maybe I'll get on a television show. Uh, but can you be patient for 10 years? And I told, you know, my dad too, I don't want to take him out of the store, but to my parents, can, can you give me 10 years? And they gave me their blessing of just moral support. Now, I don't know if they're biting their tongue or what they were really feeling on the inside, but they gave me that blessing. And with that blessing, uh, I, I moved to LA with courage and uh, it was 10 weeks later that I booked a studio feature as a supporting actor. And mm -hmm. I was soon, 10 weeks later, I was on a flight back to Austin, Texas on set with Lisa Kudrow and Vanessa Hudgens and on a chair with my name on it. And it was ridiculous. That's crazy. Um, so that was you, 10 weeks later. That's insane. Um, yeah. I, like okay so you you went to that school and you were mm -hmm. a student there i'm assuming right mm -hmm. okay and so like just for somebody that's like uh think like listening to this and they're like oh yeah i want to be an actor and things like that but like um i'm sure once you start to meet people and network with people you figure things out but for you after being in that school like what happens like how do you get to a seat where you're you know, working with names like Lisa Kudrow and Vanessa Hutchins and like, um, like, yeah. do you get a manager or what happens? Well, all throughout college, I had sought out and found an, a manager in Austin, Texas. So he okay. was sending me out to commercials. And so I was doing commercials and uh, whatever I could do while I was in college. Because mm -hmm, uh, I, I really, I started my career after freshman year of college. So okay. uh, that must have been uh, I don't even know, maybe 2012. Okay. Maybe. Uh, so, because I, I think I've been doing this for about 20 years, pursuing acting as a career. Mm. Um, so, I had moved out to LA with, also with that, knowing that uh, I have a manager willing to represent me out in LA. Okay. So, as much as it seems very uh, accidental, uh, I only say this so that maybe people listening as actors understand is like, I, 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 all, I try to fill in every single gap I could uh, with along preparation the along the way. Yes. Yes. Um, so I did have an agent since I was a freshman in college and okay. then I moved out to LA with an agent. Um, and you were 
technically not allowed to audition while you're going to school. Uh, oh. But I love breaking rules. That's all I. <laughs> why? All why really do they have at. that rule? It's a it's a general rule that even if you go to like MFA programs, they often say finish your training. That's oh. more important than going on. You know, you know, you don't want to. We're not trying to build actors that are, you know, famous for a season and get on one big show. And then what they want is to to build humans that are going to be able to sustain a career for the rest of their lives. Right, right. And if anything, that was completely true for me because 10 weeks later, I was on that set. And then a couple months of shooting that movie, the only thing I wanted was to be back in class because I was... When you dream about something uh, that is so large that you that you almost don't think it's uh, possible, but you dream—that's what a dream is. You dream about that, and then when you find yourself in the position of being that dream coming true, mm-hmm. and you're living that dream, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes it, it doesn't really say it doesn't match up to what. The, the expectations that you had built for it sure like so, the grass is always greener yeah and i you know i found myself on that set being like i i'm not ready I, I need to be back in school i need to be back in class or i'm having too much fun or i'm not you know there's just so many things that that i was uh so many emotions i was experiencing and, and the the last thing i was experiencing was just like happiness of like this is awesome yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> I wasn't feeling that I was feeling uh yeah um what what movie was this this was a movie that um didn't end up performing well but it was a movie called Band Slam and uh it was a company called Summit and they had two movies coming out that year mm-hmm. one was Band Slam which was supposed to be their big one and then they had this this book romantic teen novel property and that one was twilight and i think (laughs) one of those did really well and one of those nobody's heard of oh no (laughs) yeah that's crazy Uh that's kind of insane that um how how old are you now um you ready yeah i'm I'm 38 38 Mm -hmm. okay i'm a little shocked actually (laughs) good Good, good. Um, Everyone is. Uh, okay, I'm 34, and so I, what you uh, said, Twilight. So I was like, that was when I was in high school, and I thought we were kind of close in age. But <laughs> uh, no, no. Well, yeah. I mean, four years is not a lot, but um, it's, yeah, it's not. Yeah. But um, okay, okay. So um, that was your big. That was the, your first kind of big on screen, which is. Again, not to. I'm sorry that it didn't mm-hmm. do as well as it should have, but um, I feel like, wow, what a amazing like. I would be so thrilled. Like, what a celebratory time for you. Like to, I mean, honestly, the way you kind of told it, I know you put in the work, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like to have gotten that role so quickly. Like, yeah, it was crazy kind of crazy to move to LA and then immediately bring fly my family out to go on a red carpet with these crazy movie stars to watch it in a crazy movie theater like for my first job that it was uh it was a real Cinderella moment or a Cinderella story for me um but the beauty of this career is that 
uh, you know, uh, the clock struck 12 and then reality <laughs> hit right after that movie, you know, right after that experience, I, yeah. I realized, uh, yeah, uh, the, the reality of what a career uh, as an actor can really be like. And right. that was actually the best part because I learned, you, you learn, you, I would say you, I've learned more valuable lessons in the valleys than in the peaks. Sure. The peaks are so fleeting that uh, you just enjoy the peaks, but uh, just commit to learning while you're in the valley. Um, you know, I completely agree, but it's hard sometimes to like, while you're in the valley to be mm -hmm. self-aware and realize what's happening to learn from them until later is my experience. That's very true. But... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, as an actor, you're, most often in the valley to be honest <laughs> so you've got to sort of be in that uh posture as an yeah. actor of knowing this valley it ain't no valley it's you know this is a lifestyle this is mm. this is what we've signed up for so yeah. it all totally flips what a peak really is you know because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean and I, I know I there it, are yeah. like so many people in um, LA, New York, like really trying to make a name from themselves, and it's and everyone I'm sure is so gifted and so talented. So yeah, in order, f mm -hmm. whether you're Asian American or not, I feel like it was it's difficult to like be seen and get lucky and like be at the right place at the right time and things exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious, um, just kind of the technicality of uh, your career, um, as far as like being equipped as an actor. Um, so does school, like, I mean, I'm sure it does, but like, do they provide things like, you know, like how to memorize your lines and things like that, like the technical stuff too? Well, that school, I only stayed there for the, those three months mm -hmm. until I left to go do the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but as soon as that movie did, you know, I went straight back into class and I was sort of notorious amongst my, my friends that I was always in the class. I was just addicted to acting and addicted to learning and addicted to being in classes. Uh, even before I moved to LA, I just couldn't take, I just couldn't take an, well, I just knew I was so bad that no. I just needed more work. I needed, I just wanted to get closer to the level of my competition because I wanted to have a shot and I knew it would take work. Um, but no, classes in general, um, usually it's just more of a, an opportunity to uh, perform. This is an opportunity to act. Mm. Uh, and the more, and the learning actually comes from watching other actors perform oh, okay. their scenes. So I would say the most beneficial things I've gotten from a class are uh, watching other actors that are excellent doing scenes and picking in, seeing what works and what doesn't work, and then seeing if I could implement those kinds of things into my work, and then putting my work up uh, and having an audience mm -hmm. and telling that story is, you know, priceless. So that's basically what I think, in a nutshell, what, what the value of a class is performing and then uh learning from other from your fellow actors gotcha um you know you had mentioned earlier you know there it is a lifestyle to kind of for an actor to maybe be in the valley or not in the peak as much um as you said mm -hmm. said before um 
I hope this question is not too forward, but uh, I really feel like it's information that I would want to know if I wanted to be an actor. Um, so, like, how do you live, like, financially <laughs> if mm -hmm. you're not working? It's a good question. Um, I know, again, my story is so not fair because... Uh, mm -hmm. I, I did get a job that was able to sustain me. Like soon after moving to LA, I got I was able to to get a job that paid off my college and then sustained me for the next year where I could pay for classes, pay for coaching. And then uh, with that with that amount of money, I was able to adopt the attitude that I don't care if I coach ten times. Uh, each time is a hundred dollars or seventy five or whatever it was. Uh, if I coach ten times, uh, if I book one of those, I'll be able to afford the next ten coachings. And if I book a job, then I can afford the next ten coachings. Mm. So that's you know every every dollar I made was either made uh, spent on rent, food, or more training. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, but that's where I say my story is not fair because I, I was able to keep the the money coming. Sure, uh, yeah, th yeah. Through through acting, which is so rare. They say I think less than one percent of actors in the Screen Actors Guild are able to s sustain a career just mm -hmm. off of acting alone. Well, that's good to know though that like if mm -hmm. you are able to book, it can sustain you for some time before you mm -hmm. book your next job. Is what yeah. kind of I heard you saying just now. Yeah, but okay. let's let's be real. I mean, uh, I was on This Is Us a couple for a couple seasons, yes. but for the first time, I hit like extreme poverty in the <laughs> in the last few years. So that's the you know that was the first time I. I had to really come face to face with uh, accepting that I'm unable to make a living for my family. I have a, mm -hmm. I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. I have a wife. Mm -hmm. um, she had just closed her flower business that mm -hmm. was basically keeping both of us afloat. Mm -hmm. But after she closed that and I was unable to to get an acting job. Um, yeah. You know, things got very slim. Yeah, man. I can't imagine. I'm sure it's so hard. And like just the wonder of when will the next job come in and things mm. like that too. But um, yeah, if only like I saved great the money wife, in my youth. Oh yeah, she's the best. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? I had, no, no. If only I saved the money in my youth. Mm. <laughs> if I was more wise with the money in my youth, then I might've had some once I had a baby. But from all those modeling you live jobs, and you no, learn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, um, you know, maybe my parents have that, but you know, also to say with parents, like my parents um, have always been a support to me, not only morally, but they give me the comfort of saying uh, that they would be there for me financially. And mm -hmm. just to know that has given me an extreme sense of peace. And I have mm -hmm. so many friends that don't have that support uh, career-wise, or even their parents saying like, if you need something, let us know. And so I know what a gift uh, I have with, with my parents and their support. Yeah, no, truly. Um, I actually, I'm an only child and I, I have lived a comfortable and privileged life. And I feel, I don't feel mm -hmm. apologetic for it, but as you just echoed, like, yeah, it is a gift. And, um, you know, I, 
I hope that I can be parents like your parents to my kids because, um, you know, more often than not, I, I would hate to say, but like, I think, yeah, I do hear a lot of stories of, you know, creative people that are Asian American that want to go in that direction that have parents that aren't as supportive. Um, so yeah, I think how awesome is it to see you talk about how the generation before you that has invested in you has allowed you to be where you are today. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, My parents, yeah, my parents, uh, I I wouldn't be here without their support. So for me to tell a story of my successes Mm -hmm. is, is, uh, truly nothing without, uh, giving the credit to my parents. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Okay, well, sorry, I'm I'm getting so sidetracked. I feel like, but <laughs> um, I could do this all night. Uh, I won't do it all night, but I will take a few more minutes of your time if that's okay. Please. Yeah. Um, so I have to ask about This Is Us because it is my favorite show. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. and I was like, like so sad. We I think when you have kid, your own kids too, like those kind of shows get even more like dramatic and emotional yeah. and it was it was off the last episode was just I was a mess but all that to yeah. say um I'm curious like how many Chaewon's like interviewed for this uh, part like before you or uh, was it always supposed to be a Korean guy or right. um the answer is zero and the answer is yes it was supposed to be a Korean guy oh. Because uh, it was actually written for me. And <gasps> oh my gosh! So I, I didn't have to audition for it. Um, so to take the story back a little, my my very first network sitcom. I mean, um, the I did neighbors a show. The neighbors was uh, the second series oh. I did. I did a series <laughs> on TBS. No, you're right though. I did a series on TBS, and then my second series, but this was for network television, not cable television. Uh-huh. A series for network was The Neighbors, and um, it's probably one of my favorite projects I've ever worked on. It probably will be my favorite project I ever worked on. Oh man, uh, I should go watch it then because I didn't. I haven't seen it. But <laughs> it's just uh, you're gonna watch the first two or three episodes and say this is dumb but if you can make it to like episode six uh it might be your new favorite show oh yes okay Uh, but just know that hey if you like it from episode one then awesome but give it give it a couple it's silly yeah no i get Um, it and actually i read the premise of it and mm -hmm. um isn't it it's kind of similar to like third rock from the sun no Sort of. It's uh, yeah. It's sort of like Third Rock from the Sun meets. Uh, we had writers from Family Guy. We had okay. writers from, uh, you know, How I Met Your Mother, and then the showrunner was the same run- showrunner that uh, created Pitch. So with Pitch, after the neighbors ended, you know, reality set in. I, I was the lead on a network sitcom being watched by millions of people every week. Once the show got canceled, I thought maybe the next job is right around the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't book a job for the next two years. I auditioned a lot, but there's no space for me. Mm. Um, Maybe I just wasn't good enough. Maybe who knows? I just, I, I couldn't find the next job, even though I had been one of the, few 
like dozen people that are constantly on television week to week. Yeah, there were yeah. even guest stars on my show that were Caucasians that found their next huge gig. But for some reason, as a, a lead on my show, I just couldn't get another job. And then um, I got, you know, I think, it re- I think it really was two years later, I got an email saying, can you audition for uh, this baseball show? Uh, the funny thing is, I was at a party like the week before, and my friend was like another guy, a Caucasian guy I knew was like, "Oh, are you going in for uh, Dan Fogelman?" Like the same bosses, the neighbors, like, "Are you going in for his baseball show?" I heard it's gonna be huge. I'm like, "I'm an Asian guy. What are the chances I'm gonna be in a baseball show, dude?" Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm small. Like I'm not a baseball player size. Like, what are the chances I'm gonna be in this show? Uh, but a week later, I got this audition to play this character. And um, I just couldn't wrap my head around the character and I was frustrated and I'd been unemployed for so long. I was bitter. And I went to the audition and I sat down and the casting director who had also cast me in the neighbors was like, Tim, okay, so you're the only person auditioning for this role. You're the first and you're going to be the last. Dan wrote this for you. So we'll just tape it as many times as you want. And then we're good. And uh, oh my gosh, I was shocked. Uh, I, I, the, I drooled out the scene pretty terribly, probably, but it was enough for me to get the job because they had to show the network executives, the studio executives, you know, the producers. So then I got that job, uh, pitch didn't end up panning out. Uh, we got, okay. Do you, why, why it just didn't, I really loved it. I like was so disappointed when the, when the episodes were not coming out on Hulu (laughs) and I was like what is going on and why did it get canceled it was so good it got okay and bro it got canceled like right in the like middle like with nothing (laughs) yeah no closure yeah that main character she has a broken arm and who knows if she'll ever play that baseball again right yeah Uh uh-huh so, so we, that's basically the way uh, the bosses were playing chicken with the network. It's like we dare you to cancel us, oh and they did. Gosh. Yeah, that is crazy. But, and um, like they had some big names in there too, which is yeah, so yeah. sad. Okay, well, anyways, you were really good in that, and I can see why well, they casted you for it. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I was very self conscious about my performance that entire se- season, that whole show. So it's it's interesting. Like that's a show I probably can't watch because I was so ugh, so in my head. Anyways, fascinating. Uh, that's so fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So you know, uh-huh. after pitch ended again, I couldn't get a job, mm-hmm. and that first two year stretch was tough. But you know, I had um, money in the bank account because I had uh, I had done the neighbors, mm-hmm. but then pitch ended and. Um, I think I hit another two-year stretch. So when you say, like, where did that guy go? I was sitting at home saying, where did my career go? And am I ever going to work again? And everyone says that, of course. But oftentimes I hear non-Asian friends being like, I haven't auditioned in a month. And I'm like, I auditioned maybe once a month. Mm. <laughs> like, as an Asian-American guy, the reality for us, at least a couple years ago, is like, we're lucky if we get you know 12 12 good shots in a year Mm -hmm. of like good projects good roles if we get 12 of those shots a year that's great whereas in these people you know other friends of mine 
they they get great opportunities coming to them uh, at a higher frequency. Mm. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I went through another two year stretch. Uh, I did ask my parents for money at that time. Uh, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And a good beautiful on you. story yeah, of that. Good on you. <laughs> well, it was New Year's, and uh, oh, I can't believe I'm telling this one. Um, it was New Year's. We we did this hebe to my parents. Uh-huh. We bowed, and uh, my parents were just. My dad, my parents know that I was having a very tough time and uh, they're just giving me, praying over me with strength and giving me uh, supporting words. And then my dad handed me an envelope and I, I'm not a crier, <laughs> but I remember in my thank you to him, like I was, my, my, you know, it's just, I've never cried as an adult in front of my parents. Okay. I didn't cry then actually, um, but I, I think I, my, my voice quivered and maybe a tear came out and I was just so ashamed oh, no. that they were giving me money because I never wanted to ask for it. I never wanted to actually ask yeah, for it. Yeah. Um, I didn't ask for it actually. I just didn't want to have to take their money. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my wife was next to me. It's humiliating. <sighs> we're adults. Um, I get that money and I say, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember walking upstairs and opening the envelope and it was five hundred dollars. <laughs> you can't do anything with five hundred dollars. That's, that's honest, a good story, man. You got me. There. And to be honest, they they have money. They could have given me more than five hundred dollars. <laughs> but I remember going upstairs and be like, "Well, <sighs> all right, come on, don't you know, get back to work, Tim. Like, pull yourself out of it." Mm. Um, and the thing is, like, it's not that my parents were being cheap to me, because I know if I asked for anything, they would give it to me. Of course. Um, but that $500 more was like, almost gave me the confidence that I knew they had confidence in me, that they didn't need to give me what I was seeking wasn't money, mm. you know, and that $500 gave me so much more confidence to just pick myself back up and get back to work sure, and believe in yes. myself again. Love it. Um, Parents always know best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe they also didn't realize how, how bad it was. Money. <laughs> how bad it was for us. Oh man. No, uh, but for real, I was like set up for like this story of how, like you're going to say like, yeah, your parents just always know. And then they knew <laughs> what I needed in that moment. So they gave it to yeah. me. And then I was going to be like, yeah, you know, like you and I were parents now. So like, you know, yeah. we kind of get this heart, but that was not the story. That was not nope. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, time goes by two years goes by after, after a uh, pitch ends. And then I get a call from my agent again, uh, my manager saying, Tim, uh, this is us is asking if you're free from like November to whatever, uh, for like a, like a four episode arc. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe this is us that the opportunity from this is us has come because it's the same boss that did the neighbors that also did pitch. And now they're asking, uh, to audition for this is us. And, um, and I was, that was, but at this point, this is, this is a gigantic success. So I'm like, Oh, like, I don't want to do bad in front of him. Like I was getting so scared and I'm like, yeah, I'm free the next month. Of course. <laughs> like what else am I doing? Um, I said, when's the audition? And then my manager was then like, it's not an audition. They, they wrote you in. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, they, they, they wrote you into the show. And uh, it was hard to believe that that was the case. Uh, I waited a couple of weeks until like paperwork and all that came through. And when I got the final contract to be on the show uh, for four episodes um, and the time, the, the call I got to make to my parents to say that I had gotten the job, I, that, that's when my parents saw me weep and we wept together. Oh my goodness. Uh, How awesome yeah. is that? That's so great. And yeah, I mean, this is us. And then those, huge. yeah. And what's that? Well, then those four episodes, those four episodes uh, became four seasons of television. I mean, yeah, so, I I um was gonna say it was much more than four episodes. I remember, but yeah. I mean, you lasted till the very end. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I got a little bit of a scene on the final season, but yeah, you did, you yeah. did. It was when yeah. he I got a toe um, in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, when he was uh, when Randall wanted was being what is it tossed around for presidential candidacy or something like that Mm -hmm. sorry sorry for spoilers people but yeah (laughs) Yeah. so yeah uh that one just uh, another crazy story of grace and i just i don't know what i did to dan Mm -hmm. and i don't know what i've done uh to, to get the grace of god like like i have so many times but uh yeah yeah, no, I um, I don't want it to sound like fluff because it's not. But you know, I'm sure what he saw in you, like for I mean, I'm not just saying this. I truly think you're very gifted. I even texted my friend because he's she's also a this is us fr- uh, fan. I said, "Girl, like, do you know who I'm interviewing tonight?" <laughs> and he's and she texted back. He is like so incredible because he actually she actually watched Pitch too. We're really into TV shows. Uh-huh. Me, me and this. Uh-huh. Hey Diana, hi, shout out. Hey Diana. <laughs> but, um, and um, yeah. I again, it's not fluff. I I think that he was like, you need to be in these shows because you are good and you are gifted. And um, how awesome is it that um, we get to experience your gifting in that way? Um, you you know, I again, I I feel like. I could talk to you forever, um, but uh, just to kind of round things out, just a few more questions. Sorry, are you okay with Don't that? Don't apologize. I, I just love this kind of stuff so much. Um, okay. You know, growing Great. up, <laughs> uh, the the only thing I could have ever wished or that could ever wish for a career that I have, you know, is I hope one day a kid can watch you know, me on screen one day mm-hmm. and say, I don't care. <laughs> Big deal. And that would be incredible. Man, right you're there. right. You're so right. And, and you know? yeah, there's a lot to what you just said because um, I don't even, so I grew up like similar to you. I grew up in a city here, a suburb here in Georgia where I was a ha- one of a handful of Asian Americans and that was just my life and I didn't know any better and um honestly I think even my identity as a Korean American didn't kind of happen until I moved for college like I moved to Irvine of all places right so I was like yeah. I was yeah, like fl- like overwhelmed I think I cried I was an in and out 
and I cried because I was like, where are all the white people? Like, I felt so, like, I was shocked by, like, my dad was with me, too, and he was like, why are you crying? I'm like, I just, I'm just so overwhelmed. I know exactly. When I first moved to to LA and I drove through uh K-Town, I couldn't believe there were Asian people on the sidewalk. Yeah, like. I'd only seen them at church. Exactly, me too, I'd never seen them in public. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I was like, what did I get myself into? Is what I literally thought. I'm, am I going to be able to, like, make friends here? It's, it's, and I, it was so weird. It was, I was 18. I felt like, you know, I made it to Irvine, you know, let's go. And, yeah. and, um, what I'm trying to get at is, uh, that's when I kind of, like, embraced I think more of my identity as a Korean American and what that represents and then even after I graduated and all these things and my life took a lot of twists and turns but um I became a a figure skating coach um in Georgia um Uh and uh I started so my first two and a half you know it takes time to build clients and stuff um but after two years of working um I I had almost 20 students, but here's mm-hmm. the thing. They were all Asian American and they were little girls. And I started realizing and they would quit from their coaches to move to me, not to say anything about my skill or anything. But like when I, I once asked a girl, like, oh, like, why did you want to move to coaches? Because it's really kind of frowned upon too, to switch. Um, yeah. And she said, I don't know. I just want to do what you do and I it clicked for me like without even realizing it it matters like it matters I was the only female Asian American coach at this rink and all my little girls they were all Asian I I didn't say anything it's not like I like only Asian yeah. people, like <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like, and they just, so for me too, in that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, without even knowing it, you, you, you want to see representation in your life and you need role models like that. And what you just said, yes, when you came on on This Is Us and you represented the Korean community, I'm like, this is awesome. That's cool. Like, that's so great. But like, it's so profound in you saying what I want one day is someone to be like, all right, like no big deal, you know? And Mm. that, that means like, yeah, we're all, we're all seen as just not Asian American, but just a normal role. That's not a minority. And I think um, that speaks volumes too. I can't wait for that day. I don't know if we'll see it. Do you think we'll see it? I think we're getting there faster than it seems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I could only stay uh, naively hopeful or faithfully hopeful that that um, I'll get to see that within my career of you know these kinds of changes. Right. So like. Mm. not in my career but in the lifetime of my career i hope to i get to see it yeah, happen yeah, you know yeah. if i'm part of it great if i'm not great whatever tim you'll be part of it i'm not even worried about that <laughs> but um uh 
okay, I don't I don't like want to screw this up on how I ask this. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I'm curious about is just like your perspective, your thoughts on in general being an Asian American actor and like the obstacles that you face. Like mm-hmm. how do you um work through it just like just in a very I'm so sorry I thought I knew what I was trying Mm -hmm. to say but yeah like I mean just in a practical manner like even just on the job and then even like internally like what are your thoughts yeah I mean that's that's a very deep question actually with uh, you know deep answers Uh, I'd say I, I went through a a transformation of my perspective uh, in the past few years, because I definitely came into this career um, one with a with an undying passion for acting mm. and creativity. Uh, secondly, was being a believer and knowing that uh, we're called to just be on a mission, and not in a way of I'm not bringing a Bible to 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 set or anything, but if I can. If I'm coming to set, I'm bringing Jesus with me. Whether I'm doing a terrible, like, mean role or a nice role, just Tim, me being on set, I'm being protected by Jesus, and I'm just bringing Jesus. And mm-hmm. in my interactions with castmates and just in everything I do, I'm just bringing the Jesus to set with me. I don't, not, I don't even need to, like, talk about anything Jesus-like, you know? But just being a believer, just inserting myself in, into that, into this world was another Thing that was important to me and uh thirdly was being an asian american and what i believe so strongly about representation and you know i think it was being in this career holding those three banners it got really tiring mm-hmm. and uh i actually realized that i along the way i had dropped the creativity artist banner and then i was just holding the the you know i'm a christian and i'm a and i'm an, like a activist mm. and then like soon i found myself just holding i'm an activist like asian american asian american representation representation mm. and uh i just had a moment where to snap out of it and say you know what that is very important and it, it it's in my blood i'm an a- my, my face is asian there's mm. nothing i don't need to hold a banner that says i'm asian american <laughs> because i am asian american mm. i don't need to try i just am um so what i mentally decided was to just hold the banner of and same with being a believer i'm not nothing's going to change i don't need to hold these banners all i need to do is maybe pick up just the banner of like being an artist and a creative and pursuing the the excellence and and the and the constant uh search for for truth in in artistry in my acting was all i really needed to do Mm. And everything that's part of my blood and my skin and my heart and my soul, that's going to come along with me on the journey. Mm-hmm. But I just truly needed to focus in on the the acting and mm. the precious art of, 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 of that kind of creativity. And that's basically where I've landed on is um, everything else is important, but I'm an actor. I, I just need to focus on, on being an actor. No, I love that. And I think... Um... That sounds really freeing too to just focus on the gifting that you've already been given and like, um, this is kind of like 
what God continuously reminds me of when I de- when I feel like I want more, desire more, but just being faithful with what He's been giving you and doing that well, like everything else mm-hmm. falls into place. And I don't know if it's the exact same thing as you're saying, but um, I feel like it's um, a similar tone as what you're saying. And I, um, yeah, I mean, like, because nothing else, you can't change the way you look. You can't mm-hmm. do anything about that, and you don't want to. So mm-hmm. that's really good. It's really sound sound thoughts and advice, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, well, I always ask people um, at the end of our time together if they have any advice um, for somebody that maybe is thinking about acting or... Um, interested in going into that specific career do you have any advice which i'm sure you've already gave a mm-hmm. lot of advice actually but do you have anything you that comes to your mind uh you know when people say they want to be an actor i would tell them you can begin today mm-hmm. uh, you can sign up for a class you can um create content you there are a million ways to be an actor you can be an actor beginning today and so make sure if you have a desire to be an actor, go be one. It's, it's when God has created us as, as creative uh, souls, we can create anything. Uh, that's the beauty of, of an actor is we can create any reality just with our mind and our body and our, and our you know. Um, so if you want to be an actor, just know that you can begin today. Uh, but if you want to begin a career in acting, first know that you love acting and that you do, when people say you have to love it to do it, it just means there are so many valleys mm. that you must love this so much to be able to endure it, endure all those hardships and and trials because it's so hard that if you don't love it, then you, you really there's so many other jobs that are are more fulfilling uh, more rewarding for the for the work that you do um so if if you want to begin a career uh know that first but uh best place to start is classes so you can surround yourself with other people that love acting and would love to begin careers as actors so class is the only answer i have and i i, I take classes all the time i took a class right before this is us I'm probably going to jump into class, you know, sometime, sometime soon. So uh, there's no wrong time to take a class. Yeah. And I feel like, so do you like, feel like you learned or always learning something new when you go to an acting class or is there? Oh, I'm learning something new every day. Yeah. I, I, I'm listening to, I'm obsessive. So I, I listen to acting podcasts all the time. Uh, everything in my life is being filtered through the eyes of an actor so constantly just sort of thinking about it and studying it and reading about it yeah oh man you really love it huh (laughs) I I guess I do uh or I'm obsessed with it yeah well I feel like you'd have to be in order to be at your caliber of acting so Tim (laughs) yeah sorry I won't I won't uh I won't uh insult myself because I so want to just say I just want to it's just not good enough. So I always have that thing of like, I just want to get better. 
like I see other people's work and I'm like, oh, I just want to get better. Yeah. I just yeah. love it. And I, why can't I do what they do? Oh, man. that I, I mean, again, I know you hate all of these compliments right now. But <laughs> and encouragements. Take it as encouragements, okay? Uh, thank you. But like, thank you. even that, like for me, is advice to anyone listening. Like, um, having a growing mentality, I think, is what you're explaining, right? It's like this idea of like, you can always grow. You can always get better. You're never at your peak you know and um mm -hmm. i really admire that about what you just said and um i think it's really just great advice for life too you know i think that's the way i should frame it the next time i talk about about <laughs> how bad i think i am i just say i have a growing mentality i just love <laughs> there's no ceiling I yes love, yes it's yes growing mentality i, love, it's all I, love, I have growing mentality yeah <laughs> um well are should mm -hmm. I, are you working on anything right now? <laughs> I, I actually did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, last year with a baby, mm -hmm. no money, we closed our business. Um, I did get to a place of peace, of loving acting again, mm -hmm. because I realized I was strangling the life out of my acting career, saying, I need you to give me money. Mm -hmm. I need you to give me uh, a career, clout, uh, just creativity confidence i was asking acting gave me everything um so i really hated it by by that time and then with the arrival of my baby i realized oh my goodness if i if i see my career as a as acting as a baby would i ever ask it of anything mm -hmm. ask of it of anything and then it's like no i would i would just want to nurture it and love it uh and that's what i had to say i was like you know what with acting i never want to at least now i hope i hope this sticks i never want to ask it to give it money give me money mm. i don't want it to give me a career i don't want to ask acting of anything mm. i just want to love it and see if i and see if i can nurture it continue to grow it um i don't want anything from it and with that, I told my wife and my family that I'm going to put acting on ice. Um, I have no interest in it right now. Uh, I, I have the only interest I have is to to grow my family and yeah. to give them a solid foundation. Yeah. So I was given the opportunity to to jump on as a part time uh, staff member at my church. Oh wow! So um, I'm the I, I still am, and now I'm the music director at my church. And I was able to at least bring a part-time income, uh, contribute that to our family. And uh, with that, I knew that I would co be committing myself to staying in LA. Mm. Uh, so I, I told my my team, my agents, I gave them all the call and said, I, I'm putting it on ice. I have zero interest in acting. Um, I don't hate it. So don't think I'm doing some crazy actor move. I love acting mm. and I'm in a great relationship with it, but I have a child yeah. and I have a family. Yeah. We close our flower shop. I need to get this part-time job and figure out the rest of my life. Uh, so I cannot, I cannot uh, break this commitment. I'm not going to leave to go shoot some guest star. I'm not going to do anything. Like yeah. I just need to say acting. I love you. Uh, put you to the side. And uh, they just said, are you sure? I'm like, I'm very sure. They said, well, what if it's like guest stars in LA? I'm like, I have no time for guest stars. Mm. Uh, 
And then they said, well, what if it's a series regular that shoots in LA? I said, well, if it's a series regular that shoots in LA, I'm still your client. I will put that on tape. I'll, I will, I will put that on tape if you can find that. Because mm-hmm. right. <laughs> um, that'll keep me in LA. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a month later, they sent me an audition for a series regular on tape. And it was to play uh, a private investigator in a, in a legal drama. <gasps> and I looked, I looked sort of like this. Oh my gosh. Sort of like, sort of like a, like a little teenager boy. <laughs> uh, and I was like, you know what? To my wife, I was like, you know what? I don't even want to try. I don't want to comb my hair. I don't want to put on a, you know, I'm not going to even look the part. Let's just tape it like this. Uh-huh. And she was like, okay. I was like, yeah, because we don't need the job. We have a job now at yeah. church. Um, so let's just tape it. So we sent that tape off. And then next thing you know, I was, you know, Holy smokes. <laughs> I, I, I had two jobs. <laughs> That's so, wonderful. Uh, Congratulations, Tim. Thank That's you. So for the past six amazing. months, uh, I, I was juggling two jobs. Oh, my and, gosh. And that is to insane. To be honest. The, That's the trick, huh? Just like, yeah. I don't need you right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's what they, you know, everyone said when they heard the story, they're like, yeah, once you really stop trying, like, it happens. I was like, no, but honestly, I, I really... I really did try. Like, <laughs> right. I, I I really did try. I mean, um, you know, honestly, I think it like for me, like everything you just told me, I mean, what a testimony, honestly, because I feel like that's you just kind of prioritizing and like surrendering, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I give this up to you, God, and I what and this is what I want to do right now and I want to be there for my family and I just feel like the favor was just pouring in um, which is amazing it's so cool completely unexpected because I I, I love serving on my worship team um, I love my, my church community and if there was any job that would pull me away from acting just happily just you know uh, it would have been being the you know being on staff at my church and so I was so my cup was so full as music director of my church that I honestly um act the possibility of acting was a nuisance to me at the time (laughs) I was like I I want you know I want to be with my team I want to you know you know focus on on worship that's right and you know I I know that your church kind of open didn't it open like right before the pandemic too yeah we, it was uh yeah basically citizens started right before the pandemic right and so like you guys have really been through it i feel like in yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we, we really have um which is um amazing really i again i i'm sure that's for another mm-hmm. podcast but <laughs> uh, you should i mean you should uh interview our, our lead pastor, our head pastor, Jason Min. You, he's he, got a story to tell and he knows how to tell stories. Would he be, op- if he's open, I'm totally down. But I mean, I would, I mean, you've gotten Kevin who is on my team now. Yes. Uh, and then you got me and then if we can, we'll get, we'll get Jason. Awesome. I'll that definitely bring awesome. it up to him. Uh, I, I will. Um, yes, please connect me. My answer oh, is always like my yes. favorite I'm open person. to everybody. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, He's got such a good story. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to hear it. I feel like um, 
I mean, honestly, I don't know much about citizens, but I just know like just kind of through Kevin and social media and stuff. And it just seems like a really awesome community to be a part of. So, um, yeah, I would love to have him on. Thank you. No. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know. Definitely. Thank you. Um, well, Tim, thank you again. Was there anything I don't want to like leave anything out. Like, was there anything else you wanted to share with like the community of listeners of when I grew up? No, I mean, uh, I feel like I rambled uh, about so many different things and hopped around. Uh, so thanks for uh, letting me. Absolutely. Uh, anytime. You're welcome back anytime, man. <laughs> thank you. Um, well, Tim, um, again, thank you so much. Um, it sounds like you've been juggling a lot, too, and you've been super busy. So I really appreciate your time. Um, if there okay I hate to put you on the spot but like if there was ever somebody that maybe had questions for you like about acting and stuff or maybe just had questions about what we talked about would you be open to like being in communication with them it's one of my favorite things to do awesome well thank you so much for even saying that you guys if you have any questions about acting this career or even just tim's story feel free to reach out to me and i can connect you with tim you can dm me on social media or you can email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com thanks again for listening until next time guys bye tim thanks bye thanks blair